everyone. What a great way to begin worship. We have some announcements this morning and we're going to start with the ACT teams. Good morning. The Senior Adult Banquet is two weeks from today and you don't want to miss it. Please RSVP to let us know if you're coming by March 19th. Thank you. So as you may have seen, if you got one of these, tonight is the last night of our ministry team nights. We had a few meetings last week, and the rest are this evening. So everyone should have a paper, and on the paper has the team, the time that we're meeting tonight, and what that team is about. These are designed to focus on each of these ministries through prayer, planning, and seeking God's will for these in our church. If you're not currently in one of these or part of a team, Please look through this, pray, decide where you would be best to fit, where you would like to go, where you feel like God is leading you to go. If you're on one of these and you feel like that's not where you're supposed to be, please pick a different one and try one out this week. If you'd like to try a couple out, this is an open ministry night for all of us to be the church. We should be united, like Pastor Russ said a few weeks ago, in so many ways, and our youth just spoke about that at the Unite weekend we are to be united as a church family, and what better way than to be a part of more than just Sunday morning? So if, you're, if you just come on Sunday mornings, I really encourage you to find one of these that you're interested in. If you go, that does not mean that you are set and you're in charge, and we're going to put you in charge of everything. Don't worry. But we would like for you to be there and give your input and pray with us about these. So please pick one or two of these for tonight and... Come and join us as we minister together in these different ways. So this is what we'll be doing tonight as a church for all of us. And if you have seen on your bulletin, next Sunday, the 19th, begins something called a church-wide hour of prayer. This is something new we're starting, and I am asking you all to join me in the sanctuary each Sunday night from 4.30 to 5.30. An hour seems like a lot, especially if there are some days that, honestly, you might not even pray on your own a little bit. But this is a time for you to come humbly before God on your own or out loud or with the people around you, praying for the pastor, for our church, and so, so much more. Committing to 30 minutes is doable. We can, with other people, we could come together and do 30 minutes of prayer. But an hour seems so far-fetched, so that's why we're doing an hour. We are committing to being extreme in our faith and trusting in God that he will use those prayers and commitments that we make to awaken this church, this town, and our world. There is so much power in praying together, and I hope that you all join me for that hour. Tonight, today after the service is our business meeting where we'll be voting in for uh, voting for our secretary and a few other things on the list. So please stay and be a part of that awesome vote. Um, for and if you need to see more information about her, it's out there. But she's she's wonderful. 
So what a great vote that will be after church. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, how great your name, how holy your name. Just to say your name, God, is so powerful. So many names that are given for you because you are everything. You are what unites us. You are the reason that we are all a family here with you. And praise God for that, that we have the chance to get to know people that we never would know, and we all have the most important thing in life in common, you. Your salvation brings us together closer than any blood relative could be because we are related through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus. Thank you for this family, and I pray that each one is moved in a powerful way today through worship and, and conviction and teachings and prayer that they seek more from you. God, sometimes I feel like our days are not long enough to feel with what we could do for you and what we could do to serve you and, and all that we could do to spend time with you because you are so wonderful. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit is new in some people here or renewed in those here that, that have just pushed you back, God, unintentionally sometimes, that, that maybe, maybe they've just lost sight of your power and your direction. And God, I pray this is a new day for them, a renewed morning that continues through tonight in our ministry teams, that your Holy Spirit is in each of these meetings as we pray together and each team, as they are formed, maybe with the same people or maybe with all new people, Lord, whatever your will is, God, we pray those over these ministry teams and over this time of worship that it is your will and not mine or Melody's or Pastor Russ's or anyone here that has thoughts of what should be done, that all of those are gone. And that we let you lead, God, in your powerful, holy name. We come to you in prayer and thanksgiving and in love. Amen.
She's going to have her hands full on. <laughs> Every day, right? Praise God. I pray you've been blessed this morning and that you would allow Almighty God to put your pieces together. I know we all go through different times of struggle and difficulty, and uh, only, only Jesus can put that together for us and get us through those times. I want to be pretty, pretty frank to start off this morning and to say that, that we have all sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all lusted, lied, and looted. We've all taken the Lord's name in vain. We've all worshipped something other than Almighty God. And folks, we're all, all going to hell. Everybody is going to hell because God is a just God. We'll be sentenced to death for our sins. And we're all going to suffer the, the wrath of God. We'll all be cast into 
the eternal lake of fire. We'll, there'll be no hope for us. God, folks, we'll all be hopelessly separated from God forever and ever. But God. Praise God. But God loved us and made a way for us. Amen. Praise God for that. Praise God that He loved us and made a way for us to avoid that eternal damnation. Here it is. If we choose it. If you choose to be in Christ today and tomorrow and forevermore. He said that that He loved us so much that He would send His one and only Son. And that's what He did. And that anybody who believed in anybody that believed in Him would not have eternal life, would not have, would not perish, but have eternal life. But God. Those who place their hope, faith, and trust in Him will have hope of a resurrected body, of a resurrected life in Christ forever and ever. They will be saved and make their eternal home in heaven, not in the pits of hell. And so let me ask you this morning, have you made that decision? Are you living that decision? Are we living that out in our life every day? In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says, If we're in Christ... We're a new creation. Our old ways are gone and new ways have come. Our new life in Christ has come. And so those who are truly saved will will continue in their walk with Christ until their last breath. They will remain in Him and dwell with Him. They will remain in His Word. They will be obedient to His teachings. They will follow His commands. They will get rid of any habitual sin in their life and will allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through them in order to become who God wants them to be. Folks, we are commanded by God's Word to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, to, 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 to dwell in Christ, to finish the race with Christ until the very end, to be faithful to the end. Now, remaining in Christ doesn't save us, but our perseverance in the faith and our, and our faithfulness to, to the end is proof of that authentic relationship and that authentic salvation in Christ. Are we, be, are we abiding in Christ? 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. John writes, But if anyone obeys his words, love for God is truly made complete in him. So, If we obey His Word, if we're following His teaching, His love is made complete. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. To those who are victorious... And does my will win to the end? Who is faithful to the end? I will give authority over the nations. And so with that in mind, turn with me to John's John's Gospel, chapter 15. And let's look at 
what it means to remain in Christ or to dwell in Christ, to, to, to live out our life in Christ. It's the parable of the vine and the branches. It's the um, Jesus' last I am statement. <clears throat> if you look at, at the Gospel of John in, in chapter 13, uh, he had washed the disciples' feet and he was telling them what's, what was about to happen and what was going to be coming their way. Um, and that they, it was important for them to remain in Christ because that was where they were going to receive their power. And He commands us to, uh, to, to, to stay in Him, to, to be connected to the vine. Um, he commands us to, to abide or to remain in Him. And He teaches us that our strength, the strength that we have and the predict, uh, productivity in our spiritual life comes from our relationship with Christ. Without that relationship, we are, we are useless and powerless for the kingdom of God. Without that relationship, we're useless and powerless for the kingdom of God. When Jesus was teaching and, and, and when He taught, especially in parables like this, <clears throat> He always used illustrations that, that people would understand. He used objects of the day that that people could recognize and, and relate to. This parable of the vine and the branches is no different. The vineyards and the grapes, they were used throughout the Old Testament and, and they were common. They, they were everywhere, the vineyards were. But in this story, he talks about, uh, again, having the mindset of, of seeing a, a vineyard on the side of the hill. And in this story, there are five primary words that, that make up this passage. You have the, the gardener or the vine dresser, that's God. You have the vine, which is, which is Jesus. You have the branches, which is us. Uh, and then it tells us to remain or to abide in Christ. And that is our relationship with Christ. And then the, the fifth one is the fruit. And the fruit is a result of, of the relationship that we have with Christ. That's what comes from our, our spending time with Christ. So in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, we hear this parable. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I, am he, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown out, into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be 
complete. So let's look at this passage a little bit this morning. I said there were, there were five key words that, that make up this passage. You have the, the gardener. He is the one that, that goes and, and walks the vineyard. He's the one that sees the, the, the branches hanging down or the dead ones that have fallen off. And, and, and he looks for the, the ones that are still connected. And if they're connected, he lifts them back up and puts them on the trellis so they can continue to grow and, and be fruitful. And so he's taking care of them and he, he may prune them back so that they'll produce more growth and ultimately more fruit. But the unproductive branches, they're just draining nutrients from the vine. Maybe they've already died and fallen off. Well, that might be the false teachers. That might be the, uh, the, the fake Christians that, that are among us. And so what the gardener does is he, he says he picks those up and he discards them and burns them and destroys the, the unfruitful branches. And then it mentions the vine, and it, it mentions the vine three times specifically, but references the vine and Jesus being the vine a number of other times. But that vine, if you think about a, a grapevine, it's that vine, you know, it could be really big sometime, and it's that vine that carries all the nutrients to the branches. It carries what the branches need to produce fruit. Jesus said in verse 1, He said, I am the true vine. I am the true vine, the genuine vine. We were in Hobby Lobby the, the, a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and you know there's some artificial fruit in there and grapes, and we used to have a display out here with some grapes in it and, and, and grape vines they had in the store there, and they looked real. But they weren't. They weren't real. They were fake. They were artificial. They were dead, and so they were of no use. They were no good. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. I'm the living vine. I am the one that supplies all your needs. We don't want to be connected to those uh, artificial vines, do we? We want to be connected to the real thing. We are the branches. It makes reference to the branches in six different times here. The branches only exist in order to produce fruit. Are we producing fruit in our life? There are only two kind of branches that's referenced here. There's only two kind of branches in, in, in the, on any vineyard, the fruitful and the unfruitful. And Jesus said there's only two kind of branches in the kingdom, the fruitful and the unfruitful. You see, the only reason the unfruitful branch doesn't bear fruit is because it's not connected to the vine. Christians become unproductive because they have no relationship with Jesus and they're not connected to the source of life. They're not connected to the source of power. And ultimately, when we're not connected to the source of the power, the life-giving nutrients, we begin to wither and, and dry out and, and ultimately die and fall away. And that's why he says, remain in me. Stay in connection with me. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, the giver and sustainer of all life. And he, he uses the word remain or, 
or abide or dwell, whatever translation you're using, about 11 times in 11 verses. <laughs> and whenever the Bible uses a word in replication like that, numerous times, it's for the point of emphasis. And so I think he's making his point pretty well there, isn't he? Our relationship with Christ is of utmost importance. If we don't have a, a, a true ongoing relationship, it says that we're going to fall away. And we'll become those dead branches that will ultimately be thrown out and burned. He, he mentions four times here the consequences of not belonging to Christ, to not remaining in Christ, to not staying connected to Christ. And in, in, in verse 2, he says he cuts off every branch that's unproductive. Every branch that's dead, that's no good, that's useless. He also says in verse 2, he prunes back branches so that they'll, maybe they've become stale, maybe they've, as I said earlier, maybe their life in, in Christ has just come to a standstill. Maybe they're, they're lukewarm. Maybe they've just gotten distracted by the world and putting their relationship with Christ to the side. But he says that he, that he prunes those back and, and so that they can become more fruitful, more productive for the kingdom of God. Because it goes on in verse 5 and says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We might come to church and we might work on this team or that team or committee or whatever it might be. But if there's no connection to Christ, we're just doing that in vain. We're producing artificial fruit if we're not connected to the true vine. And in verse 6 it says, He throws them away. Branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Those that aren't connected to the vines. Those that are wasted. Those that are unproductive. Again, Christians that are trying to bear fruit apart from their relationship with Christ are just producing that, that Hobby Lobby fruit. <laughs> Artificial fruit. Or maybe it's spoiled fruit. You see, if we want to bear the, the real fruit, we've got to be grafted into the vine and be a part of the vine. That is the only way that we can produce fruit is the, 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 the fifth word. The, the word fruit is mentioned seven times again in that, in that 11 verse passage. And I want you to watch the progression as you, as you walk through that passage you go from one that produces no fruit, then the next one you have one that produces some fruit, and then more fruit, and then what's the last one, you remember? Much fruit. Produce much fruit. And we're going to look in depth more next week about the, 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 the spiritual fruits uh, next week, and so you don't want to miss that. But, but just like the branches in the vine, a, a person that's not regularly connected to the to, to Christ, can't produce spiritual fruit. It's not any good. John 15, verse 6. Man, this is a, this is a heart-stopping verse, if you think about it, because it's there that, that Jesus issues <coughs> them and us, everybody, a warning. 
He says, if you do not remain in me. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. What are we doing in our daily walk with Christ to, in regard to our dwelling with Christ? You see, the Bible expects us, Christ expects us to grow in our relationship with Him. And in order to become more like Christ and produce kingdom fruit, we've got to spend time with the King. Amen? In John chapter 8, verse 31, so Jesus was saying to, to, to those who, who believed in him, in him, it says, if, if you continue, or if you abide, or if you remain in my word, then, then you are truly my disciples. If. You remain. Folks, the more we know of His Word, the more we know of Him. Amen. And, and so look, look what happens when we do abide. We, we, we've seen what happens when we don't. And that's, not, that's not a good outcome, is it? The consequences of not abiding, not being faithful to the end, is, is serious consequences. But, but look what happens when we do abide. In verse 7, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, my Father's, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And so if we are remaining in His love, if we're abiding and, and spending time with the Lord, what does it say? We're, we're going to bear much fruit. We're going to bear much fruit. It, it says that our, our prayers are going to be powerful. Our prayers are going to be answered. It says we're also demonstrating our discipleship. We're proving that, 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 that we are His disciples. And then finally, we glorify God by remaining in Him. Ultimately, I guess the uh, remaining in Him and abiding in Him ultimately means having a, a Christ-like character in our life and, and producing the spiritual fruits in our lives that, that Christ wants us to, to, to produce. And folks, if we're, when we're abiding in Christ, when we remain in His Word, we have the deepest kind of eternal security. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is now no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so folks, if you're truly in Christ, you won't be removed or cut out or, or, or discarded. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're connected to the life-giving source of, of life, the, the vine there, Folks, it's reassuring to know that regardless of where we are in our walk with Christ, it can always get better. It can always be better. We can always become more fruitful. If you're bearing fruit, that's great. It says if you're bearing some fruit, 
hey, there's plenty, of, plenty more to bear. It says you can bear more fruit. You can produce more fruit. And if you're producing more fruit now, it says you can produce much fruit. How great is that? See, when we're abiding in Christ, we're, we're keeping His commands and following His teachings and, and loving God with everything in us, our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and we're loving our neighbors, the people around us. We're keeping His, His commands, and so we're demonstrating that we're His disciples. The more fruitful we become, the more joy we receive. In John chapter 15, verse 11, He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. And so remaining in Christ is more about being with Christ than doing for Christ. Because the more we are being with Christ, it will lead us to do more for Christ. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, and take control of our life. But, but so many times we want to squelch the Holy Spirit. As we said last week, sometimes we think we know best, don't we? And quite frankly, sometimes we want to do our own thing. But in order for us to become completely uh, given over to the Holy Spirit, we have to be completely surrendered to, to Christ. So here it is. If, if we never fully surrender, if we never fully surrender our life to Christ, we will wither and die. We have to ask ourselves, are, are we connected or are we just playing church? Are we connected to the vine or are we just some Hobby Lobby fruit and branches? Are we connected or are we playing church? Are we religious people or are we in relationship with Jesus? Because you see, just as a, the nutrient-filled sap flows through the, the vine and into the branches, so the Holy Spirit flows through us so that we can become who God created us to be. Let me ask you this morning, are, are you a Christian? Good. You've been baptized? Good. Been to church? That's good. Oh, that's great. Praise the Lord. But I want to ask, I want to ask us all to, to look into our hearts right now. Look into, your, look into our hearts and, and reflect on our life and, and ask ourselves, what do we see there? What's going on there? Do we see a branch? Is it a living branch or a dead branch? Or maybe it's a branch that's kind of what I said a minute ago. It's broken away from the vine a little bit. 
Is our life attached to the vine the way it needs to be? Let me ask you this. Does, does your branch have any fruit on it? Is it good fruit? Or artificial fruit? In the next few moments, I want you to ask yourself, is there something in my life that's, that's draining God's power from me? Is there something in my life that's draining God's power from me? Is there something in my life that I need to cut, cut out? Is there something in my life that I need to get rid of that's holding me back from, from being the person that God created me to be, to, to be in that relationship that Christ wants me to be? Is there something you need to get rid of? Because you see, folks, we all have the same choice today. But the question is, what choice will we make? We can either choose to abide in Christ and His goodness and bring God glory, or we can choose to be cut off and thrown out and burned. What choice will you make? You see, that's the only two choices that there are. And the choice that we make has eternal consequences. Do we abide in Christ or live for ourselves? Is there something in your life that you need to cut out? Something you need to get rid of? So that all the power of the Holy Spirit can flow to you and through you for kingdom purposes. Let's pray together. Lord, help each of us to be honest with the reflection that we have upon our own life and our own heart. To recognize the fact if we are that living branch or a dead branch. Or one that's just hanging on. One that wants to be grafted back into the vine. At the end of those branches, God, is there fruit? Is it good fruit or artificial fruit and God convict us this morning of whatever there is in our life that, that we know we need to get rid of that we need help with that we need to put behind us and Father I pray today that you would convict us to make that decision to follow you and or just to be the people you want us to be. That we would choose that true life and the true Christ and the true vine so that we can bring you glory and honor. Because God, we do know that there are eternal consequences for whatever choice we make and whatever life we live. Is the life we're living, is it real? Is it a religious life? or a life in relationship with you. 
Lord, only our hearts know the truth. So, Father, we pray that we would respond to you however you call us to this morning. Hear our prayer, hear our hearts as we call out to you, God. God's our desire to follow you more closely like the, the branches connected to the true vine. So hear our prayer, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.